Welcome back, everybody. Time again for another episode of Living Hope, our weekly shows designed to provide hope, inspiration, and education for those living with pancreatic cancer, sharing the real-life stories of those really affected by this deadly disease and how they deal with it on a daily basis. With a woman who's all too familiar with that journey, our host, uh, Roberta Luna, with a little hope today here, it sounds like. With a lot of hope, I hope. A lot of hope. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Paul, today. I'm really excited. I'm here with Dr. Brian Kim. Dr. Kim has been affiliated with Hoag's Radiation Oncology Department since 2005 and is board certified in radiology and therapeutic radiology. I'm very excited to have you here, Dr. Kim. Thank you for coming. Giving want to give hope today, but also a little education is something that I just learned about that I would have thought I would have already known, but apparently we didn't until a guest that came on. So thank you for joining us, and it's a pleasure to have you today. I'm really impressed and want to hear more about the View Ray Meridian. And, and so please fill us in, talk to us about, it, tell us what this amazing machine is and what it does. Well, yeah, uh, thank you for having me here. It's uh, exciting to do a podcast. It's my first time <laughs> doing one, so forgive me if I'm uh, not as uh, smooth as, oh, no, as I great. should be. Yeah, we're very excited at Hogue to have adopted this new radiation technology. We call it the Meridian. It's made by a company called Vray, and we were the uh, second center in California to adopt this. And we we're fortunate that Hogue was willing to implement this technology at such an early stage. It's a technology that's really revolutionized treatment of pancreatic cancer from the radiation standpoint. And one of the reasons why is that this machine uses MRI imaging to visualize the tumor. And radiation's pretty simple if you think about it. We need to hit the tumor with high energy X-ray beams. But in order to hit the tumor, you gotta be able to see the tumor. It's that simple. And traditional machines typically use CT imaging to visualize the tumor. This is the only machine out there that uses MRI imaging. And that is, in many instances, far better in terms of visualizing pancreatic cancer, as well as other sites in the abdomen where pancreatic cancer can spread to, like the liver. And so we've really been able to use this technology to, like I said, to better visualize a tumor while we zap it. The other advantage to this is that tumors move. You know, we don't think about that, but <laughs> as the patient is laying on the table being treated, unless they stop breathing, which obviously we don't want them to do, the tumor will move with each respiration. And so, we have to be able to track the tumor while it moves so we can hit it. And this machine gives us basically a real-time image of tumors moving. That way we can track the tumor while we treat it. Because if you're not tracking the tumor while it moves, you could be aiming at empty space, or worse yet, you could be hitting normal areas that you don't wanna hit. And so you wanna be as precise as possible and track the tumor while you treat it. And this machine allows us to do that. And it's been really interesting to see. It's, it's been a very educational experience for us as physicians implementing this technology to see just how much things move just on a second to second basis. 
And each individual tumor is very different. Some move a lot, some move very little. And so this machine can adapt to each person. And, and we have full confidence now that we're actually hitting what we want to hit and also avoiding what we want to avoid to, to reduce side effects. And I think thirdly, one of the great things about this technology is that it allows us to adapt the treatment. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is patients often with this technology will get treated over three to five sessions where they're getting high doses of radiation delivered at each session. But conventional radiation delivery machines, you kind of plan the treatment in the beginning and execute that plan for each of the three to five treatments. But the thing is, you know, the anatomy changes day to day, especially in the abdomen. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have the tumor, but there's also small bowel around the pancreatic tumor. There's the stomach. And day to day or even hour to hour, the position of the small bowel in the stomach can change depending on how much gas or food or what have you. And what you planned kind of initially isn't necessarily applicable on the day of the first treatment or the second treatment or the third treatment, just depending on where all these structures are day to day. You know, kind of the analogy I make is if you're a professional golfer and you're in a tournament, the clubs you use on a certain hole on a certain day is not going to be the exact same clubs you use on the second day of the tournament, depending on the wind conditions, uh, or the weather, if it's raining or what have you, they're gonna change. And it's kind of the same thing in radiation. If the anatomy changes from treatment to treatment, you wanna be able to adapt to that. You don't wanna use the exact same plan, treatment after treatment after treatment, because the environment has changed. Mm -hmm. And this machine allows us to visualize everything in real time adapt the treatment to that day's anatomy so we deliver the best treatment possible. So for all those reasons, we can visualize the tumor, we can track the tumor, we can adapt the plan. This allows us to give higher doses more accurately and also minimize dose going to the normal organs and structures to minimize side effects. Yeah, I, I was amazed because for one, and I think I, I shared this with you when we were in the lobby, is I didn't realize the tumors move. It just was something I never really even thought about. So it's very interesting. And for anybody, I wish we could have brought something in, a picture of something to show what the machine looks like. But if you want to see it and see what you were talking about in real time, you know, go to hogue.org and they have the section there where you can see what the machine is. I think it's amazing. And I wish they would have had that when I did. I did conventional radiation mm -hmm. and I wish they would have had it then. But I'm happy to see that they have it now for those that are coming aboard and will be hopefully considering that. Yeah. What should a patient look at or a doctor look at to determine if this is the proper treatment for them to go, the route to go? Yeah. So typically, at, le at least at Hoke, all patients are discussed at multidisciplinary tumor board conferences. So th these are conferences where it's not just radiation doctors, but they're medical oncologists, the surgeons, radiologists. We all gather around reviewing cases from start to finish and we come up with a game plan and we determine whether a candidate is potentially a candidate for treatment like this. I gotta say still, radiation is not a 
replacement for surgery for pancreatic cancer. Most patients, if they are operable, we prefer going down the surgical route because there's still very good data on that. However, as we know, unfortunately, many pancreatic cancer patients are not operable patients. And so because of that, we start to look into other treatment options that may involve treatment with chemotherapy, uh, immunotherapy, other modalities, including radiation treatment, but it really involves a multidisciplinary discussion. And so this is where it benefits having multiple physicians talking to each other, reviewing cases from start to finish to come up with kind of that individual treatment strategy that's applicable for that one particular patient. So um, we always advise patients, you know, when they come to Hogue, that their case will be discussed at conferences to come up with the best treatment plan. So it's usually on your conferences or in that group of doctors that decide and come up with that as an option? Correct. Okay. Correct. And what are, like, are there some patients who can't do traditional radiation but are able to do this radiation? Is it? Everybody who can get treated on the Meridian machine can also be treated on traditional machines. It's just that, like I say, this machine just has more of the advantages for all the reasons I just went through than the conventional machine. Now, there are some patients who are not candidates for the Meridian machine. Namely, these would be patients who have potentially mental devices and such that are incompatible with MRI imaging. So like I said, this machine uses MRI imaging for guidance and tracking. And so, for instance, patients with pacemakers, they may not be candidates to be treated on this because of the metal that they have and this MRI guided. And so because it's magnetic, they won't be able to be treated on this. Well, some patients can have claustrophobia. Yeah, that was one of my questions. Yeah. <laughs> and so as anybody who's had an MRI would know, it's an enclosed area. And so patients with kind of severe claustrophobia may have difficulty laying in the machine and tolerating it. And we have used some anxiety medications and such to calm people down. But like I said, some people with the severe claustrophobia may have some issues on this machine. Once you start, how long does it take? So how long would somebody be inside the machine? Yeah. On average, I would say it's about 45 minutes for the treatment. It can be shorter, sometimes a little bit longer too, because it depends on how many targets we're treating. Some mm -hmm. patients we've treated two or three tumors at the same time, so those go a lot longer. Some are a lot shorter too, and some depend on the size of the tumor and such. But I'd say on average about 45 minutes, maybe a little bit less. And is the machine noisy? It's noisy, kind of like an MRI machine. If anybody has had one, uh, you do hear some kind of loud banging noises, but it's not noisy for the continuous 45 minute treatment <laughs> course. So there's some uh, times where it's noisier than others. Most patients tend to tolerate it very well though, uh, because we can also communicate with them from outside the treatment room at our console. Patients also are able to kind of view a screen where we're giving them directions and give them instructions to help calm them down. And most patients actually tolerate it very well. And, and they actually, it's kind of a cool experience for them because they actually also see us tracking their tumor. Hmm. And so they see us treating their tumor in real time. And they, and they get a kind of a kick out of seeing the tumor 
move and us tracking it and and also empowers them a little bit because they feel like they're kind of actively participating yeah i think it'd be it, kind of cool to watch you zapping it right, too, right? exactly exactly <laughs> there you go there yeah. you get you get one now right. give them another one or right. something right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> now to to be able to track the tumor are you using contrast or how does how do you do that yeah it depends. Some patients require contrast and others don't. Depends on the type of tumor we're treating and where it is. For instance, tumors that have metastasized to the liver and we're treating the actual tumor in the liver, we typically use contrast. Otherwise, just it, it's just the, the liver tends to kind of hide out the tumor, so to say, and it's harder to visualize without the contrast. Uh, lesions in the pancreas itself we typically don't need to use contrast. We can visualize that a lot easier. Mm. So it depends case to case. Is there any discomfort to the treatment? Not pain per se. It's obviously a long time lying in, in, in the machine for 45 minutes. And so, you know, as anyone can tell you, if you just lay in one place for 45 <laughs> minutes, it can be a little bit uncomfortable. But prior to the actual first treatment, we go through what we call a simulation. Mm. And during that time, we take the time to make sure the patients are comfortable because we anticipate them being in that one position for a period of time. And so we come up with a position that patients can tolerate and perhaps using cushions and things of that sort to just help take away some of the sore spots that they may, may have. So they go through a simulation process and guide them through. Those who are in a lot of pain, sometimes we do give them some pain medications uh, to help kind of take the edge off, like yeah. I say. So you kind of do a walkthrough before they do the actual, uh, the actual treatment? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is, uh, and it, it's also needed because, like I said, it's, it's such a, a different experience for patients that um, being in the MRI, tracking their tumor, it gives them a, a little sense of more calm mm -hmm. to go through a, a simulation and, and, and then just, you know, obviously throwing in their, yeah. you know. <laughs> kind of knowing what to expect right. before they get there, exactly. right? Yeah. Exactly. And then how long has this, this machine been in use? So we installed it about a year and a half ago at Hogue, and that was somewhat of a miracle just because it was in the midst of all the COVID stuff and so getting construction and things yeah. like that was a real challenge. But thankfully we, we got it installed and it's been operational for a year and a half. I believe there's about 50 centers across the world that has one of these machines installed right now. And already within a year, I believe we're kind of in the top 15, 20 in terms of usage. So it's been a very quick adoption for us. And we've also, because of our experience and success using it, we've also been able to help teach others as well and, and be used as kind of a, a show center, sort of say, in terms of uh, giving <laughs> You're the others. You're teacher, maybe? <laughs> yeah, kind of like that, because you, you do have to learn from others who've gone through the steps first. Yeah. So. Any negatives about using this machine that you know of or can think of, or is it? Not really, no. It's been a great complement, sort of say, a, a, a great tool to have. There's definitely uh, very special indications to use this machine. It's not a machine you would treat for certain other what I call bread and butter cases of cancer. For instance, like breast cancer treatments, it's that would fall kind of more under a bread and butter type of treatment for any radiation center. And this machine would 
definitely not be used for that. This is really precisely for delivering high doses accurately to difficult targets such as treatment of pancreatic cancers. There's a very segment of the population that benefits from this. And so, like I said, it's not a technology used for everybody, but it's a great tool to have for any specialized cancer center like what we have at Hogue. It's kind of like, you know, you're calling over the handyman. You want him mm -hmm. to have all the tools available right. to use, right? And so it's been our experience with this. It's like, you know, cool, we have this to use now and we don't have to compromise on our our technology. Oh, it's awesome. Like I said, I would love to just see it in, in person, but, you know, um, and I almost hate to ask this question really is um, how expensive is it? Is it expensive? And do insurance companies, do they cover it? It is expensive. I don't know the exact price of it, so I don't even want to yeah. guess, <laughs> but it, it is very expensive. And that's one of the reasons why there hasn't been widespread adoption of this technology yet. Like I said, there's only 50 centers worldwide in California. You know, like I said, we were the second center. That was a year and a half ago. Maybe one other has installed since then. It's not being widely adopted because of the cost. And we're very thankful because, like I said, not every hospital is one has the financial resources or even the commitment, even if they did have the money to commit to something like this. So we were very fortunate in that. But I think moving forward, it will get adopted more, you know, just like the price of any technology will come down over time. And, and, and so I believe it'll be adopted. I hope it'll be adopted because like I said, there's a special uh, place for this in the cancer armamentarium. In terms of insurance companies, you know, that's always a fight. <laughs> <laughs> so getting things approved is a battle, I gotta say. It, it is not unusual where we have to do special reviews with insurance companies, uh, appeal a decision if it gets denied. I have had patients whose insurance denied them and they've unfortunately had to cash pay for such treatments. And But I think again, as the technology evolves, insurance companies will adapt to it as well and understand that there's a benefit to this that is cost effective for them. Yeah, I think anytime you bring anything new, it's always difficult to get them on board. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of time. I had somebody, some of the questions that just popped up or they wanted to know some of the side effects, like will they lose their hair or when you are zapping the tumor, do they feel any kind of burning or any kind of sensation at all? Yeah. Well, specifically for intra-abdominal cases like pancreatic cancer, no, they will not get any hair loss with this. Patients will not feel anything really during the treatment itself. Some patients may feel a little nausea afterwards. It's just anytime we treat in the abdominal region with radiation as precise as this is, it's just the small bowel getting some dose of radiation can cause symptoms of nausea. Typically it's not to a point where patients feel like they need to vomit per se and usual anti-nausea medications help control that. Patients typically don't feel, like I said, any pain during this treatment process. No, oh, that's that's a relief because yeah. there's so much that goes on. Right. One of the other questions is, what is the recovery time and when can they resume their normal routine or activities? Yeah, well, there's really no recovery time per se with this. So this is not like surgery. This is non-invasive, obviously. So we don't have to make any cuts or anything like mm -hmm. that. 
And because it's non-invasive, there's really no recovery time. It's if you're feeling good, you continue with all your normal activities and whatever you're doing. Most patients are able to just continue on with their baseline activities and such without having to change anything for us because this is, like I said, it's, it's all non-invasive. That, that is good, yeah. good to know that. Yeah. So maybe you can go do it and then go to work afterwards right. if you yeah. feel like it. So I'm right. assuming then probably by what you're saying, then they can drive themselves to and from the treatment. Yeah, most patients do drive themselves to radiation for their treatment. So like I said, we've the patients we've treated on this, they've recovered very quickly. Like They're not typically feeling sick. They may feel a little bit tired after these treatments, but, but that's been pretty much it. Does this, if they do the view ray, does that cut down on the number of treatments they would have versus when they did, if they do conventional radiation, is it less? Yeah, so typically we treat over three to five sessions on Meridian and with conventional radiation treatment, typically what's been done is a daily treatment course for pancreatic cancer over five to six weeks of duration. So yeah, we've cut it down from 25 to 30 treatments down wow. to three to five treatments. Part of that has to do with just the accurate dose delivery process. If we can accurately deliver the dose, higher doses each fraction and get away with it. And, and there's a lot of data showing also the better effectiveness by doing it over three to five sessions in high doses rather than the, the traditional protracted course of therapy. Would they do those like once a week or would they do them all in the same week? Yeah, it, it depends, but typically it would be done like every other day. So it'd be like Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of a thing, just to give them a little break in between. No, oh, wow, treatments. that's... Uh... Yeah, that's much better than carrying it out for like you know sure. six weeks oh, like yeah, you would do sure. with other treatments. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And some of our patients are also still undergoing chemotherapy or immunotherapy programs, which are at times difficult to give at the same time with mm -hmm. radiation. So the advantages of this too are that we can complete their treatment course quickly and then get them onto their chemotherapy regimen or their immunotherapy regimen, whatever that may be, faster rather than having to delay all of that for five to six weeks oh. sometimes. Oh, so they can do it in con conjunction with each other then? Yeah. Oh, it's, again, it's, again, amazing machine. And anybody, if you want to see what it looks like or what it does, I, I just enjoyed watching the video and seeing the tumor. I could say not realizing that the tumor would move. But again, please go to org and see that video. It's really impressive and you hear a little bit about it. I had a question come in. It's like we were talking about that the tumor moves. So when you're visualizing the tumor and you're getting ready to zap it, and I don't know if that's the proper word to use or not, but if the tumor moves, what happens? The machine shuts off. And so the machine is targeting the tumor, but if the tumor moves outside of that target zone, the machine will shut off. So there's no radiation being delivered. When the tumor kind of comes back to the spot where we're aiming at, the machine turns back on. And so to help in that process, we also guide the patients to kind of hold their breath at times. So that way things can kind of come into to the beam's eye view, sort of say, when we zap it. And so patients kind of participate in that process. And like I said, they literally see while they're lying there on the screen, their tumor moving with respirations and they can help control their respirations. That way it doesn't move and, and, and stay still while we zap it. But yeah, once it goes out of view, the machine shuts off and the, and the patients see all of this. Yeah. The machine just literally shutting off and then it'll come back on. So you'll hear the sound of, you know, the beep as the machine goes on and then it shuts off. It's really cool. See that. 
<laughs> yeah, we better be just introduced to something yeah. to watch. Yeah, it was really interesting. When we first got it installed and it was doing all of this, you know, it was all new to us, too, because this technology is so futuristic and out there that when we were all implementing this and watching the first treatment, you know, it was like the first day of Christmas kind of yeah. thing. You know, all our eyes were big. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Just, <laughs> does it shrink the tumor? Does it dissolve it completely? Or exactly what happens to the tumor? Yeah, well, the goal of any treatment, I would say, is to kill the tumor completely. Oftentimes, the tumor will disappear completely. A lot of times, the tumor will shrink down and just kind of turn like into scar tissue, sort of say. But there's other imaging studies like a PET scan, sort of say, that will detect whether there's any actual activity in that that helps us distinguish whether there's actual viable tumor left still or just scar tissue. So we'll get these imaging studies after we complete the treatment. Sometimes we use this uh, in certain cases as while we hope to get rid of the tumor completely, sometimes it's also used in conjunction with other therapies we have out there, specifically immunotherapy, to kind of punch the tumor and make them more susceptible to immunotherapy. Because the, these immunotherapy drugs that are out there now that are showing amazing results, it's kind of your own immune system attacking the tumor. But sometimes your immune system just quite isn't recognizing the tumor. But when we wallop it once or twice with radiation, then it's like, your immune system goes, oh, what's this, you know? And, and kind of the tumor gets exposed more to immunotherapy, and then immunotherapy can have much more dramatic results after that. So that's kind of a new area of research and, and data evolving, and, and we've done that as well at Hoax. So yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a new frontier we're exploring. It really is, and I'm really looking forward to it because I think it's really gonna change the course for those patients that are fighting pancreatic cancer. And I want to thank you for joining us today. And is there anything else you'd like to say about the V-Ray or anything? In well, I think for anyone out there who has questions, you're more than welcome to reach out to our website and look it up. We also have a nurse navigator within the pancreatic cancer program and their information is available on the website as well. That if you have any questions, you can reach out to the nurse navigators at Hogue, and they can also redirect you to the appropriate sources to answer your specific questions. Now, that sounds awesome, and I just want to give that website. It is uh, Hogue, H-O-A-G dot org. So please yeah. go there if you need anything. Look at the machine. It's totally amazing. Yeah. So thank you again for being here. We really appreciate it. This episode of Living Hope is dedicated to the donors of the V-Ray, Dean and Gerda Kuntz. Through their generosity, Hogue was the second hospital in California to acquire the Meridian and the 16th in the nation, and actually the first in Orange County. And I just want to really thank them for doing this. I think it's a great advantage for the radiation for treatment for many pancreatic cancer patients, and I think it's giving us a better chance of surviving and a better fight. So thank you to the Coons for, for just sure. doing for this. Sure. It's yeah, just, it, it's it would awesome. be impossible without yeah. their help. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome. I want to just thank them very much for that. Thank you. Yeah, well, there you have it. Another incredible example of why you got to tune in each and every time to Living Hope, a weekly journey designed to provide hope, inspiration, and education for those living with pancreatic cancer. Sharing the real life stories of those really affected by this deadly disease and how they deal with it on a daily basis. 
And if you'd like to share your stories, by all means, contact us here at the station, OC Talk Radio. And if you or anyone you know needs help on their journey, well, we heard one resource today. We'll give you another one here. Patient Services at 877-2-PANCAN for more information and help. That's 877-P-A-N-C-A-N for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. For the OC Talk Radio Network, I'm Paul Roberts. Thanking you for joining us. Hoping you'll share this with somebody. And hoping you'll tune in each and every time as we continue to provide hope, inspiration, and education for those living with pancreatic cancer.